Island podcast. After Dark number 12, we are bringing back After Dark again this season. And uh, we are ready to dive straight into our topic of discussion. Joining me as always and as usual is accoladed, titled inebriated slightly inebriated but not currently uh will over here and uh i am your headache ridden jason yeah we're on like the opposite sides of the spectrum i am trying to induce a headache you're trying to get rid of yours yep but headache or not good comfortable or not i hope you will get cozy and warm because we are gonna be going hot and heavy yeah we're about to unload some pented rage um you know based on uh you know recent events well, maybe not rage but frustration I, I, stupidity yeah. let's see where it goes right let's see right. like well how how angry to how just disappointed we are with certain things so uh a what while are, back what are, what are we talking about here you know so uh let me set the stage will uh a while back set, set the stage in tokyo right yes a while back uh, well not we're not going to tokyo to record but one day wh- one day we will but very likely uh, yes back in march of this year right march 2023 I think that was when they did the, yeah, March 4th. That's when it happened. Right. Because I remember it was my birthday weekend. I see. Uh, that Izakaya place was pretty dope. Very dope. So uh, our discussion is going to be about anime and manga awards with special focus on the Crunchy Anime Awards that was done, as Will mentioned, in March 2023, the 7th annual uh crunchyroll anime awards yeah so unlike the previous iterations this was the first time in a long time that they had a live audience but also doing it outside of the u.s as mentioned this took place in tokyo at the main banquet hall of the grand prince hotel shin takanawa in tokyo or the new hotel and i think What we're going to do is, even though it is a couple of months overdue, so to speak, because it's not a hot take per se, but... I think it just took a long time for us to really process what happened from that event. So, you know, forgive us for being tardy, but we really wanted to make sure that we, you know, properly digested what had just gone down. Yeah, and just due to logistical issues, but let's let's not focus on that part. Let's focus on the fact that we wanted to give the time for uh, the awards to bake in the oven so then it can be crispy red hot for us to spitball yeah. to so, you listeners. So Jason mentioned we'd be going into anime and manga awards, but I think you know for the first half, what we wanted to do was sort of put more of a focus on the more recent uh, major award ceremony, which is the seventh Crunchyroll uh, anime award show uh, that happened about two months ago or three months ago, depending on when this releases. Um, so... This was essentially the first time, uh, you know, during the whole COVID, post-COVID situation, that we were able to actually get a live audience to, you know, partake and you know contribute into the, the actual live event of the Crunchyroll Awards. And so, throughout the day, Will and I actually watched the live stream. Yeah, we watched, you know, part of the the actually we actually watched a ninety percent of it, a, a yeah. good chunk of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was uh, streamed on YouTube. Yeah, 
and also I think on Twitch or on various platforms. So, uh, guys, let's go into what GAP is known for. Disclaimers and definitions. Let's break it down. But so the disclaimer is simple. Yeah, we will be talking in depth at least the first half. Uh, I guess if you want to call it a spoiler, you can call it that. But we will go over the winners and the nominations for most, if not all, of the Crunchyroll Anime Award categories, and then give our takes on it as well as then go into the break. And then the second half is more dedicated towards the broad overview of awards in the realm of anime and manga, what awards that probably you should pay more attention to. Yeah, and maybe even its relevancy. Stuff that's like non-Crunchyroll specific. And also, I guess, the... The repercussions and potential rewards of being listed or or, or nominated for these uh, these specific anime awards and, uh, and and manga awards. So, as mentioned, we're going to be going into the Crunchyroll uh, Awards first, the seventh edition, which happened earlier this year. Sort of just to sort of give a little bit of a background information in terms of how shows got nominated, who was responsible for doing certain things, and what categories there were. You know, we'll just list them out right now so as usual when it comes to being eligible for the Crunchyroll awards uh for this recent one uh an anime series or television series in general whether it's television or online uh had to have been broadcasted in japan between the dates of november 21st uh november 2021 through to september 2022 that's the eligibility period for nominations for this edition uh the voting of the year uh, awards were like there's like different kinds of categories for voting. There's like a, a split section between being main categories and fan categories. So during the whole presentation, uh, when you're watching the stream, the first hour or so was dedicated to the fan categories. And then afterwards, the main categories were announced physically at the event itself. Um, the whole thing itself was you know announced via a, a live, a global live stream anyways. Um, so, in terms of like voting for specific categories, like for example, the anime of the year category, uh, it included social voting for the first time, which allowed Twitter users to vote for the category by posting uh, the specific necessary hashtags or by retweeting it. So I don't, I don't know how many points or votes each, you know, mention or tweet uh, gives to a specific series, but you know, that's not for you or I to know. That's more for the Crunchyroll panel to know. Because traditionally speaking, a lot of award shows or just award like lists is determined and uh, awarded through a panel of whether it's judges or critics. But this time around, they have included and incorporated the fans or the you know weaves who want to you know vote in kind of make an impact into these award winners or which nominations get the winner the winning spot yeah so as mentioned with the category splits right so in the fan categories there were the must protect at all costs anime character uh, which is a new category for every iteration of Crunchyroll's anime awards the best opening sequence and ending sequence two separate awards uh best voice acting performance in japanese english castilian french german portuguese spanish and two new languages arabic and italian however the best voice acting performance in russian was dropped why 
and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of that as well, there was also best drama anime, best action anime, best supporting anime character, which is a new category, best main anime character, and best new anime series, also a new category. Uh, uh, there were also other new categories too, like best original anime, the presenter's choice, and the best anime song. Now, there were a few different changes as well. Yeah. So one thing that I would like to sort of uh, reiterate is best opening sequence and best ending sequence. That actually is not the music itself. It is more of the sequence, the direction, because they mention in the nominations whoever did the direction and the storyboarding. So I obviously the song plays a huge role in your opening and ending sequence, but this is more focused on. There's other factors to you know take note of as well, and I think because there are separate awards for music and soundtrack and whatnot, right? So yes, you don't want to get those two intertwined. Exactly. So um, there were a couple ones that were dropped, like for example, um, a couple changes. Like for example, uh, best continuing series was brought back uh, after like a four year absence. Uh, best main character and best supporting character replaced the best main character, best boy, and best girl categories. And then, unfortunately, uh, you know, best antagonist as well as something that we recently talked about as well. Best fight scene were also dropped uh, from this iteration of the Crunchyroll Awards. I think before we get into the nominations and the winners, I mean, it's not going to be very uh, dry. That's in terms of just us reiterating the nominations and the winners and the breakdown. But I also want to emphasize the fact that this is done by Crunchyroll. Now, I think you will surmise several assumptions based off of the name because, yes, it is hosted, run, implemented by Crunchyroll themselves. So you might be wondering, oh, are they just going to pick ones that are the, their their own like Crunchyroll originals are they going to not focus on their competitors things like that and for the most part I would say that recently at least especially with this year certain winners are very much not that uh biased I mean look when I mean by that as in I mean, these award shows, just like the Academy Awards or the Oscars for live action, is very much politically based. And sometimes, like, if something is up for nomination, you kind of already know that that's going to be the winner. No questions asked whatsoever. Um, I mean, this award still, you know, flung a few surprises. But for the most part, when certain awards came up, I think Jason and I were like, eh, I roll. Pretty typical. Or... Okay, that's very interesting. To I think sometimes we're like, wow, what the fuck is going on here? How did this win? You know? Yeah, and to give credit where credit is due, Crunchyroll has kind of taken the initiative for the past seven iterations to kind of spearhead an award show dedicated to anime. And I think in of itself, that feat is worth mentioning because anime and manga well, mostly anime in terms of Crunchyroll Anime Awards, is not necess- there's not a lot of anime awards that I can think on the top of my head that everyone would know offhand, whether it is for good reasons or for bad reasons. But nonetheless, we have the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, and it's there. 
whether or not you think that it is a good thing or bad thing, I think the fact that we have one is sometimes better than nothing. Not, yeah. nothing. Although that also is a point of contention yeah. as well. So what we'll do now is I think we'll go in order of how all the awards were presented. So we don't necessarily need to go through all the nominations, but we can also have our quips if we want to, because I'm sure some of them are going to be hotly contested. Um, starting off with the night, the first so, award that was presented oh, wait, was the... What I would do, sorry, sorry, Will, I would, let's talk about a very brief breakdown of the nominations, which is the most amount of nominations is awarded to... I was thinking we could just do that as a wrap-up at the end. Oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, like, you, I mean, at that point then, we kind of just give away, like, which ones would have been nominated, which ones would have won. Like, it's probably better just to list everything, and then afterwards we can say, so, from this, we know how many nominations this series got, that series got, sure. da, 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 da. let's go. Right? So, first off was the Must Protect at All Costs Award. Uh, there were a lot of good nominations for this one. Um, the ultimate winner for that was Anya Forger. Uh, no surprises there for you, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a good choice. For me, I mean, I love Boji, but I can obviously see that Anya is going to win that no matter what. Uh, I mean, the- if we're being pedantic, I think Boji can protect himself more than Anya. That oh, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you, you saw that sweet left hook that uh, no, that right hook that uh, that Anya threw. Yeah. yeah, she's got she's got some moves. Um, up next would be the best opening sequence. Uh, now this one was extremely contested. I think this one actually might be worth mentioning some of the um, some of the 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 nominees for this one because man, there was uh, cheeky cheeky ban ban by Queendom for Yeah Boy Kang Ming. It should was, have been the winner. Fucking should have been the winner. There was Mixed Nuts by uh, official Hige Dan, uh, Danism, which is uh, for Spike's family. Uh, there was Hadaka Nayusha by Vondi for uh, Wrecking of Kings, which was my personal favorite. Um, there was uh, This Fire by Franz Ferdinand for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which actually was a very good choice, too. It's that also was, a very that good was really choice. Sick. Uh, and then uh, Zankyo, uh, Zankyo Sanka uh, by Imer for Demon Slayer Commits to Yaiba Entertainment District Arc. Now, the winner, however, was also, again, a no-brainer, The Rumbling by Sim for uh, Part 2 of Final, Attack on Titan Final Season. Um, I think when both Jason and I watched it, saw it, and listened to the music, completely blown away. But I think you would have gone with Chiki Chiki Ban Ban. I would have gone with... Um, I would have gone with uh, Vondi's uh, Hadaka no Yusha. That's, yeah. That would have been my pick. I, I, I just thought that um, the Queendom song was so unexpected, right? And, and also the opening sequence itself was groovy as shit with the characters doing the dances all the way through. The fucking like, eclectic mix of colors and lights. That was a very, very energetic opening. Yeah. Now, for, yeah, for me, like with the opening sequence for season two of Ranking of Kings, that was just like super emotional for me. And I'm also biased. I fucking love Ranking of Kings. But was it always was it ever going to be like a question whether the rumbling by Sim for Attack on Titan Final Season Part Two will win? Yeah, I think the impact of SIM is just so massive in terms of. I mean, we reported on the fact that it was billboard, number one yeah. on the Billboard charts, right? For rock, I think, right? So. To have that kind of impact is kind of like, in many ways, the Mugen Train effect of. It's riding that momentum. It has so much buzz behind it. You just can't ignore it, right? 
But in my mind, Queendom is the way to go. Yeah. The the one that was also a no brainer and for this was um you know for the best ending sequence comedy by Gen Hoshido for Spike's family. Um, I mean, were there any nominees that you felt might have been able to swing it, or was there one that you were personally more invested in compared to because 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 the ending sequence for Spike's family was 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 cute, comfy. Yeah, I mean. I mean, when you look at the nominations for it too, it's 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 hard to pick anything above the Spikes family ending sequence. Mm, let me think. Let me just take a look. I mean, how was Call of the Night the ending sequence? I actually would pick my dress up, darling. It's just very bubbly and cute. Yeah. To add in win, but nomination nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. We're not gonna go into the, the I think voice actually, performance. Actually, good call on Call of the Night. Actually, I would choose Call of the Night. Yeah, it, it was, was actually a lot cooler actually a lot more but upbeat. again are you going to vote against spikes family again because it, it comes down to popular votes right so there's going to be more spikes family fans that's that's pretty much it but in my world it would be called yeah, in your world it would be that for me i'll, I'll probably still go with comedy by ken hoshino now best voice acting performance we can't really say all that much because yes you know we do watch it in japanese so we don't know much about the performances in english or castilian or spanish french german whatever um, apologies to the ones who are listening that you know would have loved to hear about it we just didn't watch it in those languages so we we can't contribute any thoughts to it now uh the best drama anime uh this one was um i I mean, one of the things that I think is a very uh, problematic of any award show in general is what constitutes drama, what constitutes, you know, basically in any genre category, yeah. right? With one very well-known category which in the Crunchyroll, which definitely we definitely get into, we'll Ugh. lose our shits over. But uh, let let let's ease into that, right? The best yeah. drama is just so. I don't know, no. man. So the nominees, right? We're not even going to mention the winner just yet. 86 by A1 Pictures, Cyberpunk Edge Runners by Studio Trigger and CD Projekt, Dance Dance Dancer by MAPPA. We also got Katara Lives Alone by Leiden Films, and Made in Abyss, The Golden City, The Scorching Sun by Kinema Citrus. All like, well-deserved in terms of being best drama in, in some sense. I don't know about Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I would have, I mean, if there was an action category, I put it there instead. Um, but like Guitar Lives Alone, Dance Dance Dancer, 86, Main Abyss, they all deserve to be there. My personal pick would have been 86, only because I watched it and I absolutely loved it. But the winner was, you know, for some fucking reason, Attack on Titan, the final season, part two by MAPPA. So this goes into your whole, like, is there really like a one size fits all kind of solution for genres when it comes to like awards for anime manga or any award really? Yeah, and of course, uh, you you get very pedantics or you play with semantics and things become very ambiguous, right? But I think one of the things that I will be mentioning nonstop throughout this entire After Dark is why not cater a little bit more towards anime centric awards like. Maybe instead of best drama, maybe best slice of life. Because that is something that is not really, you can't really apply that to a lot of like either live action or other mediums that is kind of unique within anime and manga, right? Yeah. Like, for example, like, there's like K drama awards where they award best couple, right? And that's like a very like K drama esque, K drama centric award. I'm super pissed that they got rid of like best antagonist. 
Yeah, I don't know why they did that. I think because they don't. Oh, I actually do know why. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's not confirmed, but my uh, people speculate that it's because of spoilers. Spoilers, which is actually Cause, cause, a fair thing, fair, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I, I get that in terms of like not wanting to piss off fans by revealing who the big bad is. Or, yeah, because sometimes it's not clear, yeah. right? Until you get spoiled, right? Or it's like, hey, that big bat actually didn't turn out to be a big bat in the end, yada, 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 you know? Or maybe it's like Snape, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, after that, we then got the best action. Uh, another very hotly contested um, category. We got Attack on Titan, Final Season Part 2 by MAPPA, Cyberpunk Edge Runner, Studio Trigger, uh, and CD Projekt. Judges of Our Adventure Stone Ocean by Demon Production, Lacour's Recoil by A1 Pictures, and Spike's Family with Studio and Cloverworks. You're going to start hearing kind of like the same nominees for all uh, these. Now awards. I understand why you put the nomination breakdown towards the end. Yeah. I, get, I get it now. You know, my bad, my bad. The winner for Best Action, you know, because the fact that uh, Best Drama was won by Attack on Titan, surely you can't win that one. And. I am right because Demon Slayer commits to you have the entertainment district arc by Yufu Table was the winner of the best action anime of 2023 for the seventh Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Like playing devil's advocate, if I had to give one to Attack on Titan and the other one to Demon Slayer, like in this hypothetical situation, I would do it the that, way they did. That way, right? Because I think the gravity, the drama of like. You know, the sheer weight and heaviness. I get that, yeah. Is, is that very much present in AOT that is definitely not there for Demon Slayer. But for action, I don't think anyone will dispute that, right? I think that is just... That's legitimately if those are the only two nominations for both those awards, right? Yeah. So well, I, I mean, I, Devil's I, Advocate yeah. and Caveat, right? But yeah, I, I would have made those decisions given those circumstances and restrictions for sure. Are you comfortable with Beck's action going to Demon Slayer? Because, look, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is there. For me, Judge's Bizarre Stone Adventure is there. Lacour's Recall is pretty cool too. Yeah, but I I I still think Demon Slayer, even just, though I just have too good, even though I haven't watched the Entertainment District art, but knowing what takes place in the manga, that fight scene towards the end is probably like nonstop shenanigans of just eye candy everywhere. Right? I think the fact that if if my recollection is correct. It's like a simultaneous fight. Yeah. And that's when I think that is a very good indication of how good an action scene is. Like if we're talking action sequences, yes. That yeah. that would be the cream of the crop. Yeah. For so, sure. Because uh, because I think uh, I, if we're talking about the overall series, then yeah, you might say Attack on Titan would have, you know, some fight in this, but I think because of what they were adapting for part two final season may not have contributed a lot of like of those amazing fighting sequences, action sequences. So I think, yeah, Demon Slayer was pretty much a clear pick. I probably would have gone, I mean, again, the Jojo bias, Spike. I, I get, of course, Demon Slayer and I, I watch both. I really like Demon Slayer, so I'm not upset about them winning best action. I think for you, like, would you also then be like, Cyberpunk was also really good, but hey, it's Demon Slayer. It's it's hard for me, especially when I haven't seen Stone Ocean, right? But, so, but we both watched Cyberpunk, and dude, some of those action scenes were fucking sick. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, 
I didn't pick the nominations, but I understand where they're coming from, and I also technically agree. So it's hard to weasel my way out and try to like punch for another nomination to, yep. to be the winner. Yeah, that's so I guess. You know, and it's an easy pick in that sense, right? Like easy no, and like you might fine be, with me. You might you know? be like, oh, you're being like quote unquote lazy, but it's also like, well, I can't. I can't fault you for saying because Demon Slayer, Demon Slayer was really that good. It's really actually anime good, series, right? Yeah. So next award was the best supporting character. Uh, now nominations for this one: Ah uh, Hayasaka for Kaguya Sama Love Is War Ultra Romantic, the first nomination they got this evening. Uh, Kage from Ranking of Kings, Rebecca from Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Tenken Uzui from Demon Slayer, and Your Forger from Spy X Family. So here's my problem. I mean, with the many problems, is that I think the winner and the winning series is not what I would consider best supporting character. She's not a supporting character, which also annoying for me because Anya Fortra won this award, but why do you have two from Spike's family in this category? You know, I mean, I'm less hung up on that, even though I would be like, come on guys. You, you see well, where, right? you see where my gripe is, right? but also like the family of three slash four, I guess, is all main characters. Yeah. They're not supporting characters. That's, that's the thing too then, right? If I would say Kage is also not. He's like a main character, right? It's Bochi and Kage. See, I mean, I would have picked Kage. But again, it's like, how much... What, what, what's, what are the prerequisites for one being a main character and a supporting character, you know? And that, but, but, but in this particular instance, if your forger and... Anya Forger are both supporting characters. Does so that make who, Lloyd the main character? Exactly. Because he's that, not that, the main character. That's exactly what they're saying. That's you know? exactly what they're saying. I, I mean, no joke. That's literally what they're saying. And it, it annoys me. But, that but let, does annoy me. But let me tell you something. Um, sure, Spy is only technically Lloyd, but then you have the family part. The family is the whole glue that connects everything together so they're all main characters it definitely got manipulated to the point where like it had to be Anya or Yor I think uh, I Hayasaka is a very very good supporting character and a good shout Rebecca as well um Yuzai Rebecca was that insane girl in uh the lolly yeah okay shotgun lolly yep remember her very I I would have picked her uh unfortunately I did not a watch ultra romantic past like i think episode one ultra romantic was great i i know i, I know yeah, and was... I, I i love her top kudere for sure but but i know for a fact due to i finished uh edge runner that rebecca is like a super dope choice i mean she's crazy but good choice now you know, because there are supporting characters where they're what's their purpose, of course, is going to be propping up the main character. So, the best main character, the nominations were Boji from Ranking of Kings, Chisato from Nishikigi, uh, Chisato Nishikigi for The Chorus Recoil, David Martinez, Cyberpunk Eight Runners, uh, Lloyd Forger. Yeah, yeah, that's the annoying part. He's yeah, there you go. Yeah, Marin Kitakawa for Bright Dress of Darling, with the winner being the Almighty Attack Titan. Aaron Yeager of Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. To be very fair, I think that choice is appropriate. I think that is a good choice. But it is probably not... So, so it's not David Martinez? No. It's not It's not Marin Kitagawa? No. no. Ooh. 
She's not gonna hear. She's not gonna like hearing that. But again, I, I agree with you too. Like, who else could it have been besides Aaron Yeager? Well, I would argue that um, David Martinez in Cyberpunk is more of a standout main character as much as a whole. The whole crew is dope as fuck. Whereas I would say for Martin, it's essentially her show. And nothing else. Lloyd, I would even be like, well, we already talked about that. Bochi, obviously, without Bochi, is like, the fuck are you going to do with Ranking of Kings, right? But Aaron Yeager, though, I, I can't not give it to him. I have to give it to him. I'll give you there. Now, to round off the last category for the fan categories, we have got the best, uh, uh, the best new anime. Yeah, let's yeah. go. So uh, I, I think you and I are, are, are pretty okay with the winner. I don't think there's much contention there. But as always, we do need to talk about, uh, well, I don't know. Do we, is there much to talk about here? Wait, well, I'm trying to see. Best new series? Is that what it is? Or best? I'm, I'm, is it best new series, right? Yeah, best. well, best new series, best new anime. I mean, they, they had different names on the Wikipedia and on the Crunchyroll. Um, but uh, best new series, the category, the nominees were Call of the Night by Latin Films, Serpent Edge Runners, The Course Recoil, My Dress of Darling, Yet Boy Kong Ming, with the ultimate winner being, of course, Spy X Family by Cloverworks and with Studio. No doubt. Yet Boy Kong Ming would have been my nomination to win. I would still choose Spy X Family. Um, Not Call of the Night. Mm, yeah, no. Cause, uh, and here's the part where I'm speculating. Best new show, in my opinion, is... I would, I, w- I would even like go one step further and say best limited show and then best new show. Whereas a new show is kind of like a long running. So then they would go into the continuing. Of course, then you can say, like, well, how would you know that they won't get renewed, Jason? Well, that's also why they took down the Best Continuing Series. Oh, no, they, they brought it back. They, they didn't bring it back. But I think, again, it's just the the parameters in terms of what fits into what category would then kind of get muddied. Yeah, also, Best Continuing Series is also bullshit Yeah. in terms of, like... We'll, we'll get to that, Jason. Yeah, 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 exactly. I know. I know Man, I, I was going to be ranting. I'm waiting for you to roll your eyes back and be like, oh, here we go. Okay, so now we start into the main categories, the categories that were presented live in Tokyo for the Crunchyroll Awards. The Best Original Anime with nominations for Birdie Wing, Golf Girl Story by Bandai Namco Pictures, Healer Girl by Three Hertz, The Orbital Children by Production Plus H, Vampire in the Garden by Wood Studio, Yuri Deco by Sainsaru, with the ultimate winner being The Chorus Recoil by A1 Pictures. No shit. Yeah, because all the other ones were just just, just couldn't hold a light to no it. No way. None Yuri Deco was trash. Birdie Wing was like a sleeper hit, but really, um, Healer Girl, you liked, mm. but like you saw enough for a team. When, yeah. when I saw it got nominated, I was like, the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. Like, oh, I really do like Healer Girl a lot. I think you also watched uh, Orbital Children. You thought it was boring. I thought it was mid as fuck. Uh, Fanbar in the Garden, you thought it was confusing as fuck. It's flawed. Yeah. It so, was really pretty, but it's flawed. So was there ever going to be anyone challenging the Core's recoil? I mean, I am not it's, going... It's I'm hard. not going to question it's, Kojima, it's, it, okay? It's hard because of the fact... Like original anime. We've talked about this before. There's not going to be that many to choose from year to year. And so, therefore... Yeah, let's just give it to the most obvious winner, which would be Lacour's Recall. No problems there. 
I yeah, fully yeah. Endor- endorse that pick. I, I think the fact that Healer Girl got nominated kind of shows you that they are kind of like, we got to find something, guys, something. And when Hideo Kojima is like, yo, I kind of like like Horse Recoil or yeah. Licorice Recoil. It's like, okay, I get it. Yep. So next award was for the best character design. So we're going to be going by the character designers' names, uh, which are Yo Yoshinari for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, uh, Masanori Shino with the original design by Hirohiko Araki for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. Kazumasa Ishida, original design by Shinichi Fukuda for My Dress of Darling. Atsuko Nozaki, original design by Sosuke Toka for Ranking of Kings, Kerr 2. And Kazuki Shimada, original design by Tatsuya, uh, T- uh, Tatsuya Endo for Spike's Family. With the ultimate winner being by Akira Matsushima, original design by Koyoharu Gotoge for the Entertainment District arc of Demon Slayer. I think of all of the nominations and winners, there's only one that actually applies in my definition of character design, and that goes to Cyberpunk Edge Runners, because everything else is adapted. So there's there's so much wiggle room that you can only have. You you have a fair point there actually, because everything else was originally designed by the mangakas of those but specific you, series. You already have a template, and imagine the fervor and rage when it is very far from the source, right? Like To be fair, there were a lot of people that were like saying, hey, it should have been Children's Bizarre Adventure, which I didn't really buy into because I liked the design. I thought it was great, but I also wouldn't have picked it over Attack on Titan because there were some very interesting character designs. But I also very clearly see your point in the fact that if we're talking about actual true character design from an original perspective... Cyberpunk Edge Runners should have really had a shoe in this. And here's the part that will, like, crumble my argument, which is, well, then what choices do you have that you can offer as nominations slash winners? And that is a really hard question to, to answer. You know, with, like, like, the Academy Awards Oscars, like, best costume, it is something that is literally designed from scratch and or, like, there might be some sort of, like, inspiration or some sort of indication whether it's adapted or not but it's 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 really hard right especially when it for example if it's a comic book series or a marvel stuff right like it's like what are you gonna do some edge runners the characters they're not like truly 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 unique but they were definitely interesting and the fact that you had to create something without a source material and the other ones did have source material i mean yes it is a based off of a tabletop rpg and there's a very uh you know, there's a CD Projekt Red which, video which game. Which then begs the question, right? Should, I, I, and this is no like shade whatsoever. I'm not like calling anyone mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. wouldn't the best character design then like go to Kohayo, uh, Koyaharu Kotoge instead of Akira Machisima, the person who actually originally designed the characters of Demon Slayer? Honestly, I think that should be the correct answer and except I, it is not yeah. the mangaka award and this is also just us being a little bit more pedantic in terms of like what really does constitute being a character designer because there actually is a role of being a character designer in anime direction yeah in, and i in, think there is some sort of like definition on their website on crunchyroll's website but like honestly who is going to go and check the definition yeah. but it's very easy for someone to understand oh character design you design the characters yeah 
On to the next award, which is the Best Animation, a Kebby Sailor Uniform for Cloverworks. I wonder why they got nominated for that one. Uh, Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2 by MAPPA, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the second cur of Ranking of Kings, and Spike's Family rounding out the last nomination with the winner undoubtedly being Demon Slayer, the Entertainment Arc, Entertainment District Arc. Um, my my question is, how the fuck did a KB Silly Uniform get nominated for Best Animation? Because it's pretty, dude. It, 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 I, I see your smile, Jason. It's not just because of that. That's pretty fucking real. Uh, and then also uh, another no fucking brainer uh, fucking category here: uh, the Best Continuing Series, which is actually annoying because three of these. I've already been running for a long time, so I, I don't know why they even be allowed to be like in this category, which is Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, uh, Demon Slayer, Entertainment District Art, and Jutsu's Adventure Stone Ocean. That's just not fair, because why? Uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War, I mean, Abyss. Uh, I, I get it. They're sequels, right? But they're also super fucking reason we should talk about other shows, um, which, of course, then means that the only winner that deserves to be there would be One Piece by Toei Animation. Uh, I mean, on one hand, no shit, Sherlock. But on the other hand, who the fuck decided to bring back the series just to be, like, gloating to the fucking One Piece fans? So, didn't One One Piece just kept on going, right? It never stopped, except it had a little break, I think. But, like, yeah, it just ran for, like, a thousand episodes. I think it's also the fact that, like, during that year, they hit their 1,000th episode milestone. So, I guess that's the swing they had to and be like able to be And, like, the politics behind it, right? Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I mean, I love, I love One Piece. I love the One Piece manga, and the anime is kind of cool. I too. will never diss One Piece, but in terms of the fact that it's continuing, like, what, like, uh, okay, yeah, all right. On to the next one, which is the best romance anime with nominations for Call of the Night by Latin Films, the second season of Komi Can Communicate, Love After World Domination uh, by Project Number Nine. Uh, Komi Can Communicate was done by OLM, My Dress Up Darling by Cloverworks, and Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie by Dogokopa, with the winner being Demon Slayer. <laughs> not Demon Slayer, finally. The one that was not won by Demon Slayer. Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic, A1 Pictures. I didn't even have to finish to tell you yeah hell yeah it should win it better it better i don't know i mean you watch call of the night call uh, coming out communicate shikimori my dress up darling i think you also... watched everything yeah. else except for uh kaguya sama love is war my love is i mean past episode one yeah right? exactly so that, that is the thing you, you watched everything else and you only watched one episode of kaguya sama and you will still have picked kaguya sama right absolutely it, 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 you can't really pick past them. I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch past season one of Comic Con Communicate. I've only watched a few episodes of Call of the Night. Uh, Dress Up Darling, I watched every one of them. I didn't really think it was all that much romantic. I thought it was just more edgy than anything. Yeah. But. Uh, Love After World Domination is very much the, hey, we don't know what else to put in here, so let's just put the war- you, you in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, ready to put your pitchfork and raise it in the air now because we're going into the most contentious fucking category, which is the best fantasy anime. Oh, uh, oh, really? Well, yeah. let's let let what what, so what is on the Here's the thing. The nominations are Made in the Abyss, The Golden City of the Scorching Sun. Extremely fantastical. Extremely fantastic, right? Mushoku Tensei, Jabba's Reincarnation, The Second Curb, by Studio Bind. Oh, 
deeply entrenched in the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Overlord season four by Madhouse, fantastical as fuck. Ranking of Kings by Wood Studio, the second curve. Yeah, Ooh. like Disney book story as fantastical as fuck. The right? openings and all that are Disney esque, right? Mm-hmm. The case study of Anitas, season two, uh, part two of uh, yeah, those. but it's like Victorian era, like vampires, very fantastical. Yeah, so of course the winner has to be Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District art by Ufo Table, which holy shit, there's enough people online there are like this is legitimately entrenched within the Taisho era of Japanese history. The only fantasy element is that there are demons, but that's just based on folklore, which is part of the history of Japanese storytelling. What other fantasy elements are there other than shooting water and fire out of your blades? I mean, the the best fantasy category is infamous and legitimately infamous to be known as like the bullshit category because at one point slime isekai won over jobless reincarnation right yep and that, that was either the fifth or the sixth uh anime awards i think i wrote a note down but yeah it was it was actually quite recent and it is just so dumb that everyone very much does not give a shit about best fantasy other than to yeah. throw shade at it. But here's the thing. Even if you don't give a shit about the fantasy category, you got to look at this and be like, how in the fuck would anybody think that Demon Slayer would fit? If you give it best drama, fine. If you give it best action, perfectly okay with that. But best fantasy? What the fuck? I would rather give it best romance than anything. I know they're brother and sister, but come on. Like, there's absolutely no way that it deserves to be nominated for Best Fantasy. And to make it all even dumber is Demon Slayer is m- in many ways the odd one out, right? My two that I would have picked, Overlord or Mushoku Tensei. Those would have been perfectly fine. How, like, how does Mushoku Tensei get shafted this hard? I get that maybe I lost out to like slime isekai. Fine. I think people will have to move past that and you know, that's why people still don't give a fuck about the fantasy category. But to pick Demon Slayer over Jobless Reincarnation, not even give a shout out to Overlord. I personally think that if I had the choice, even though I didn't really watch both of them, is um ranking a kings or made an abyss. I think that is more appropriate in my opinion of what a fantasy is right exactly and i think uh judging by how like word on the street is or through your mouth it is ranking a kings 100 percent. but i think made in abyss if any category should be like a couple of nods towards like here yeah so uh we now go into one of the more hotly contested categories which is the best score in anime uh the nominations were fucking fire by the way uh, akira yamaoka because i love him so much from all the silent hill stuff he's done for edge runners uh cyberpunk uh goshina and yuki kajura for uh demon slayer uh entertainment district arc Kevin Penkin, Mr. Kevin Penkin, we love you still. Uh, for Made in the Abyss, a Golden City, and the Squirking Sun. Uh, no name with a parentheses in between the K uh, for Spike's family. And Genki Hikota for Ya Boy Kong Ming. But there really only was going to be Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. The winners being Hiroyuki Sawano and Kota Yamamoto. Right? It has to be them. Right, Jason? 
right? As you think, I mean, pensively. Sawano, you can't. It's like, it's it, like it's Hans hard. Zimmer. Like, how can you not? These were all great nominations. All good nominations, a hundred percent. Like, um, I would say, I mean, actually, because I actually didn't listen to the. So the score is the orchestral soundtrack that accompanies uh, the the anime series. So I actually did not, and also just just general music choices as well. I I, I would assume like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that like is it also because there's also sound directors and music composers. I think it's mostly from a composition perspective, right? So I mean, I think Sawano is very much the 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 front runner, and obviously it won. So I'm not. Not questioning it, right? Not questioning that, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did uh, jump ahead by one category. The one that should have been next was actually the best comedy series with nominations for Kaguya-sama, Guitar Lives Alone, My Dress-Up Darling, Uncle from Another World. Finally, he got a fucking nomination. I'm glad his YouTube career is kicking off. Uh, Your Boy Kang Ming by PA Works. And the winner being, of course, uh, Spy X Family with Studio Global Works. I actually think that's pretty good choice i i i really did like the fact that we were able to finally watch my uncle from another world but unfortunately once the first part of the series was running and the second part was about to come out uh they had COVID delays and therefore yeah. whatever they released afterwards it's game over was just not in consideration so i like i really like uncle from another world oh yeah me too I like Uncle Issa kind of a lot. But because of COVID, because of production delays, I understand it can't possibly be fully considered to be the winner of the best comedy series. And Spice Family is just crowd-pleasing. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, next, uh, the best anime song. Uh, now, this is different from the best anime score because now we're just talking about the music and not the composition side. Uh, Chiki Chiki Ban Ban by Queendom for Your Boy Kang Ming. Comedy by Gen, Nishi- Gen Hoshino for Spike's Family. My Nonfiction uh, by uh, Makoto Furukawa and Konami Kohara by, uh, for Kagisama Love is War Ultra Romantic. New Genesis by Otto for a One Piece film Red. Shall We Dance by Riona for Shadow house season two and the ultimate winner which also took the hearts of all the americans that voted for it for the billboards the rumbling by sim for attack on titan final season part two i don't understand why you melded the op and ets is it right i think i think so yeah comedy gingashita was the ed was the ed for uh the first cur why because it, in, in it's anime, the best song. in anime and manga, I'm oh, no, sorry, manga. In anime, OP and EDs are very much distinctly different in terms of vibe, tone, and one's, kind of. One's usually upbeat. One's usually downbeat. It could be the inverse, or it could be something in between. But you do have a very distinctive atmosphere between an opening song and an ending song. You have the fan category of opening sequence and ending sequence, yet you chose to merge both for the song. I didn't imagine this one to be a big gripe for you, but you do take your opening openings and endings fairly seriously. I mean, yes. I mean, I listened through it all. So Okay, but, but gripes aside. I mean, yes, yes, I am. No shit. Now, like, like, no shit. Gripes back on. Would you then say, look, like if you're going to do best opening sequence and ending sequence, you got to do best opening exactly, song. Exactly, that's my, that's my point. That's, yeah. you got to do that, right? Especially because I think... Uh, shall we I mean, had 32 cat- 31 categories this year why not just add a, th- a 30 second one it really isn't like what are they going to overrun the awards really like I'm sure they would have been able to do one more you know I just don't 
understand sometimes the logic. There must be something, or maybe there isn't. I just don't know. So all I can have to infer is, well, you did the sequence, but you just didn't do the song. What's up with that? That 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 that's my logic. Dumb. It's just dumb. And okay. and, and OPs and EDs have different kind of priorities, right? Yeah. Next category is the Best Director Award with Hiroyuki Imaishi uh, for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Kazuhiro Furuhashi for Spike's Family, Shingo Adachi for Licorice Recoil, Yosuke Hata for Ranking of Kings, Kerr 2, Yuichiro Hayashi for the Part 2 of Attack on Titan Final Season, and a big round of applause for Haruo Tozaki for Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc. Nothing else we really need to say, right? I think that this award is well deserved because to be able to balance and not only direct and lead the whole team to be able to create that production right imagine the pressure all the things you're juggling you're kind of the front man that's the whole point of the directing you're uh, people keep tend to think that oh directing is kind of like the 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 person in, in in the on the front lines the boss chair but also but don't you think like the Demon Slayer also then adds a little extra prestige upon the director? Absolutely. You know? Also pressure. And it's just you have to be able to lead and direct people allocation resources. I think that's a perfect win in my opinion. Yeah. Now the pinnacle of this awards, which was the biggest surprise, that's not the category itself, but uh, the category is the Anime of the Year, with the nominations being Attack on Titan season, uh, Final Season Part 2, Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc, Lacorus Recoil, because Best Original has to then be nominated there, uh, Ranking of Kings, Kurt 2, and Spike's Family, with the ultimate winner oh, being... Oh, wait, wait. It is Attack on Titan, right? It kept winning a shit ton of wait, stuff, right? but Attack right? on Titan and Demon Slayer, oh, they, I mean, they, they've both won a lot of awards. Yeah, yeah, so, so they just... Spike's win- fa- maybe Spike's Family, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, because then they... No, they- no, shut the fuck up, everybody. It is fucking Cyberpunk Edgerunners as Anime of the Year for the seventh Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Fucking applause, man, because not only do we have an original anime that won, an original net anime for that, but also one that doesn't stream on Crunchyroll. And 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 here's the thing that I think is extremely surprising is where did it even win in other categories? I, I mean... uh. Like you would imagine that there's like with Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer and Spike's family sweeping so many awards that they must have been like the front runners for anime of the year. Yet Cyberpunk Edge Runners, you know, no 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 credit taken away from them. They fully deserve it because Absolutely, right? In many ways it's the most prestigious, right? But if we go off of kind of the the colloquial kind of practices in a lot of anime and manga shows or award shows in general when you win a shit ton of awards you're gonna win the big one you're gonna win the big prize and to basically have cyberpunk edge runners being acknowledged and it's not on crunchyroll it's netflix exclusive it is a very pleasant surprise such that i think we both saw like a 
uh, the clip of Gigguk losing his fucking mind. He was on the verge of tears, of a verge on the verge of a mental breakdown. And I think everyone, including us, was not expecting Cyberpunk we, we, Edge Runners. We were not ready. We were like, I think, like two balls of sake deep at that point. You're just like, oh, okay, oh, hey, hey, Will, 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 Will. Uh, they're announcing end of the year. You ready for this? These are nominations. Uh, oh, what the fuck? Cyberpunk Edge Runners won. And then right right after that is just like, are we are we like dreaming like wasted and just like not comprehending what is going on? Because AOT would make sense, Demon Slayer would make sense. I think Licorice Recoil is the only weak one in the category. Yeah, I think it just got there because it was best original anime. I think Ranking of Kings, and I think as well Spikes Family. I think Ranking of Kings technically would be like the second weakest along with cyberpunk in in terms of like my educated guess if we were to go by mal standards kaguya-sama would have definitely been in for a shout too i I am super unhappy about that by the way yeah so to round out the nominations and winners list breakdowns now we're getting into it right spikes family 19 nominations second most nominations goes to ranking of kings of 17 nominations even though they didn't really win all that much. Uh, I don't even think they won anything, really. Uh, then in third place was Cyberpunk Edge Runners, rounding out the top five slash six because there were actually three that got tied with twelve apiece. Was Attack on Titan Final Season Part Two, Demon Slayer Entertainment District Art, and My Dress Up Darling. Multiple winning anime series. There were three of them in with six wins. That's that's where you were saying that they probably would have won uh, anime of the year, which was Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, Spike's Family, with Jujutsu Kaisen Zero getting three nominations and Cyberpunk Edge Runner getting two nominations. You mean wins? Uh, two wins, two wins, yeah, wins, wins. Right, right. So technically, I'm not trying to say that the VA uh, award doesn't count, but because Will and I did not. We didn't listen to it in Spanish. Portuguese, Castilian. We only listen to it in Japanese. It, therefore, it's it's hard for us to really give our two cents on that. Well, in this right? case, it's English. We do. We. I mean, just, I'm talking about like all any other VA awards as well. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, David Martinez, uh, the English performance. I don't think I actually listened to the English audio ever, but okay, no problem. Yeah. So those were the awards. Now let's talk about the actual event itself, right? So first time they're doing it in Japan, outside of Japan, outside of the U.S. Uh, in its seventh year running, uh, it was it was weird. So they got like a bunch of actors, streamers, directors, and athletes uh, that presented certain awards. And while some of them were kind of fitting, I think the streamers made sense. Uh, some of the other sort of like actors were cool, but I felt that like a lot of their lines and jokes were kind of cringy. And it, like because of the fact that they were talking to a mostly predominantly Japanese speaking audience and riffing off on English based jokes with a translator on the side doing their best to translate i think a lot of things kind of just fell on deaf ears and it just was a, like a lot of like sort of awkward silence yeah and it's very easy for me to sit in this chair and to kind of riff off like oh award shows are dumb academy awards are dumb at crunchyroll anime awards are dumb but when you are trying to manage and plan and execute this anime award show 
obviously there are going to be so many things that you're going to have to either compromise on or you just can't achieve even though you had all the best intentions, right? That being said, I think I want to know why they picked Japan. Obviously, anime. Got it. the studios are there, right? I get it. But it was never necessarily... Yeah, the previous six years. I mean, Always yes, in the U.S. Yes, COVID and all that for the last two before the seventh one. But it was always in the U.S., right? So why Japan now? I think maybe they just wanted a big entrance to say, you know, fuck COVID. Anime industry is back now. Let's just do it in Japan. And That's here's probably the what thing. it was. I think maybe it's a bit of like brand recognition because no one knows who Crunchyroll is in Japan. And Crunchyroll is more of like a Western country yeah. dominant. I mean, in Asia, we know because it's Crunchyroll, right? But but I, I, let's be real. I don't really think that a lot of Japanese fans would really care all that much about the English, the Castilian, the Portuguese, the Spanish, Arabic. Mm-hmm. PAs. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they don't give a fuck about those languages. It's just that like they listen to their anime in Japanese. They don't need subs. So it's not something that they would be all that curious about. Yeah, and I think, honestly, when you take your award show and put it in a country where there's very little recognition and in terms of branding for Crunchyroll, it very much is like, what is this show? And it's live-streamed. Yeah. I don't know the Japanese reception, to I be think, honest. I think on one hand, there's that, but on the other, I think it's also maybe just Crunchyroll sort of giving the studios, hey, look, there's actually a lot of international recognition uh, that we wanted to showcase for you as well. So, hey, maybe that's just an extra slap in the back. You know, a pat in the back, I mean. Yeah, so I might we might be riffing off of that and kind of like throwing shade, but honestly, I think it's... If it's not in the U.S., it can only realistically be in Japan, honestly, yeah. right? Now, this one we might spend a little bit of time on. Um, mm. The judges, which, uh, yeah. So there were definitely some people that were very invested in the anime industry. So, for example, like Anime News Network. They had a lot of journalists that were there. Uh, they had Mother's Basement. They had Tristan Arcada Gallant from uh, Glass Reflection. Uh, oh. They had Honey's Anime. Uh, Kyle Shibuya as well, who's... Well, know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pedigree, but you know, very, very invested in the So industry. I love Mother's Basement. Uh, Jeff is the name of the YouTuber. I love Tristan from Arcada for um, uh, Glass Reflection. Very much manga-centric. great, too. Ha- yep. A lot of our, like, Googling searches always come up with uh, Honey Anime. Obviously, we extract almost all of our news exclusively off of Anime News Network. So there's no qualms about those things. But then when you have people from Vice, France, from Gizmodo, from Kotaku, and you actually looked at the list, there were several people that were listed as anime lovers or anime connoisseurs without really much background as to who they actually are. I'm not questioning... like. These online websites. Like legitimacy, right? Yeah, I'm not saying that, oh, you're not worthy of being a weeb or like a fucking like, anime critic, but it also kind of asks the question like, how do they pick the judges for these awards? Because not all of them are anime centric, not all of them have any sort of background in anime and manga. I think part of it is due to circumstance. I think one of the things that at least Will and I offhand kind of know uh, about the Crunchyroll Anime Awards is that at least in the very beginning, especially when it was takes place in the U.S., a lot of streamers and a lot of 
any tubers would be present there at the award show, like on the red carpet or whatever. But when um, either some of them, a lot of them, I mean, for example, the anime man, uh, who is one of the three o for Trash Taste podcast? Probably the most well known. I think and, he was. I think he was also like given the opportunity to present one of the awards. He lives back, in Japan. Back yes. In, back in well, at the time he wasn't. He was still in Australia. Oh shit! No no, 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 no. He lived in Japan, but they weren't. They, but they were doing it in the U.S. Right. This is ah, back in two thousand seventeen. That's right. That's right. right? Uh, I think Giga has also done some stuff. Sea Dog VA also did some stuff. Yeah, definitely both of them. I mean, all three of them definitely have been participating. But I think, and, and also like a lot of streamers were also invested in. Anime. I've also done voice acting in English for animes like Lily Pichu. She's also done some stuff there too. Mm-hmm. I think, like, of course, like a lot of these people that were chosen were very much based in the U.S., but they also did make an effort to try and bring in more international judges and critics to sort of, you know, give it a more international flair. I but, but I think, for example, at least we know Joey from uh, the anime, uh, aka the Anime Man, just is so jaded and does not want to have anything to do with the Crunchyroll Anime Awards ever and, and has made it very, very, like, well-known that his stance He's given it. a lot of criticism to the point where he doesn't even talk about it anymore now. Exactly. And I think when maybe a lot of other anti-tubers or a lot of streamers or a lot of these, uh, you know, online celebrities or whatnot uh, share that same opinion but maybe are not that vocal – your your well of potential candidates to be on your panel is going to run dry. Yeah. So, what are your final thoughts? What are your sort of you know your your pros and cons of this year's anime awards for Crunchyroll? Because, I look the categories. I'm glad that they opened up a lot more stuff. I mean, the fact that there used to only be like 14, 15 categories before, and now it's almost like over doubled in size. Um, my only my main issue is the fact that when you look at a lot of the categories, they kind of have the same nominees for each one. Very clearly, a lot of bias towards like shonen anime, which I get that it's yeah. Crunchyroll. You know, most anime and manga are of the shonen demographic, so I'm not going to equip that. You know, I think uh, uh, again, I I think I mentioned at the very beginning of the show is have manga and anime centric awards for example look you don't have you have just have, like technically have fun i know it's a very serious pay, show pay right tribute to like the original how about have a it? best isekai for example yeah. like maybe maybe not as like quote unquote the main like just like how we have our uh, serious then, awards like, and our stupid issue awards but uncle isekai fit into that then being a reverse yeah because it's know? an isekai right then, then reverse you, or not and then you have like stuff that's like reincarnation but not necessarily an isekai or like transport into another world and all that. Technically, I, I think, is an isekai. I, I, I guess. Think, I think again, that's the word, right? Technically, that's where it's like. Mm. But I understand your gripes too about like, well, then why the fuck would Demon Slayer win best drama? Yeah, right, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, oh no, best fantasy. Uh, best fantasy. Yeah, and I think just maybe like don't. It's always going to be slightly cringe, or you're always going to get the pushback or the haters with award shows in general, not necessarily the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, but in general, like, I don't care. Yeah. Now, I want to round this off with one question to you. 
which is specifically about the eligibility period for being nominated for these awards because they do run from two years previous of November to one year previous of September. That's the eligibility period. So specifically for the seventh awards, it was November 2021 through to September 2021, which does mean that stuff fall. that was in fall was just not in there. So stuff like um, Mob Psycho 103, Bochi the Rock, Eminence and Shadow to Your Eternity, Akiba Made War, Bleach, those were not eligible. I guess if they ran a little bit longer, they then could be eligible for the next awards, but it's like I don't feel like those I don't feel like stuff that released in twenty twenty one would be representative of what released twenty twenty two, you know? I think one of the things that I would if I could, which I, I, I don't have the capacity to, but to alter the format eligibility whatever it is is the following the first thing is four full seasonals so it is essentially one whole year's worth right maybe like one or two weeks of like a cutoff point yeah right? there's maybe gonna be a few that are like a double cur or a split cur and then it loses out you're gonna you're gonna have people that fall between the cracks well, i mean there there was for example like a lot of series that you know were eligible for two different awards like for example like Jujutsu kaisen the first season was nominated in the fifth awards and also in the sixth awards even though it actually was technically outside of the eligibility range it was only because of the fact that the they actually had an early bird screening mm-hmm. of their yeah. first episode. So, so does that mean that Oshinoko gets like you know? that one month and a half, yeah, ninety minute like premiere, you know, screening? So that counts, even though like ninety percent of the world cannot access it. Nope. Okay, like you're gonna get those exceptions, right? Um, so I would do four seasonals, and then the other thing that I would do, which Reddit has recently implemented for their R slash anime awards, is a jury choice and kind of like a fan choice, right? Because when you do that, yes, you're quote unquote diluting the categories, but at the same time, what is quote unquote popular, just like on my animes, what is popular and what is highly ranked are two separate barometers. They have have those, right? Whether it's r slash anime, whether it's my anime list. I think even Anime News Network has something similar to that as well. They have their own ranking systems. And I think that acknowledging that just like something can be popular and something can be critically acclaimed does not mean that they mix together and does not mean that then you have to decide one or the other. I mean, there are, of course, going to be instances where it's unanimous, where it's both the critic's choice and the reader's choice. Yeah, you know? you're, and you're always going to get people that are unhappy with whatever wins or even whatever gets nominated. Yeah, so it's that, it's that discourse that we do like sometimes. Exactly. You know? like, I mean, like, I definitely wouldn't have picked certain things, but it's like that's not in my hands, right? Right. So by- Un- unless you want to go by the if anime lovers and anime connoisseurs can be judges for the Crunchyroll Awards, then technically the GAP should also be eligible to judge the anime awards. Hey, too. Uh, we live in Asia. We could go to Japan. That's the other question, too. Would you keep it hosted in Japan or would Hell you no. bring it back to the U.S.? Hell no. I'll go back. It felt to, weird, didn't go it? Go back to the U.S. of A, bro. Go back to North America, man. I would argue it would even be cooler if they go to Europe, actually. Europe, really? Because do it in Paris. Because I just think like uh, the U.S. is an obvious choice. Uh, Japan, I mean, is, yeah, control USA, right? Right, and, and and Japan being you know the birthplace of 
you know, Japanese animation, but I think very much how about like a different location to kind of lay down like your mark, you know? And I think in Europe, you know, even for God's sakes, Brazil would be a fucking dope ass choice, bro. Yeah, South America would be pretty cool. Or jump around, you know? Yeah. So, so rather than bring it back to the U.S., maybe just do like an international circuit. Like maybe host it one year in Sao Paulo, one year in Paris, one year in Barcelona, maybe one year in Mexico, something like that. I mean, it would be a logistical nightmare. But yeah. what if you have like a different country centric awards, right? Because just like how there's different language VAs, maybe a certain subset of the world population highly believes in this one anime when everyone else doesn't. Does yeah. that mean then therefore both you know uh, sides are discounted? No. Yo, actually, you know what? If you did one that was like Crunchyroll Singapore or Crunchyroll Malaysia or like something in Southeast Asia. Or like different regions, that, maybe that maybe choose sick. one that is in Asia and then choose one in North America. You know, something like that. The I don't possibilities know. are endless in terms of how they can branch out and, I mean, quote unquote, improve the Crunchyroll Awards moving forward. But I get that because they are American and like they want to keep it that way. Hey, look then maybe just don't do it in Japan. I'm not like shitting on their decision to do it. I completely understand why they did that. But it it just it, it seemed a little awkward when they were hosting it in Tokyo just because of the fact that they you you brought on like English speaking presenters but presenting to a predominantly Japanese audience. And if we go a little bit of like a step further in speculation webtoons tapas is all being very much up and coming in terms of adaptation source yeah i think though to be fair like you know in regards to that like korea has its own anime and manga services us is japan mm-hmm. us is taiwan uh, uh, us is china so like i can understand why like maybe crunchyroll wouldn't do one in korea or do one in china right like what gives you the right crunchyroll right yeah. like whoever you know country is gonna say that to crunchyroll yeah, i mean right? china's got a very very like, vibrant huge right anime and manga oh it's industry. a billy billy right yeah and, and, and they have their own manga services too so exactly so it's a tough thing to juggle because i am not managing coordinating creating it but in general i don't really focus too much on award shows and especially one of high produced pageantry yeah i think we've ran on a fair amount now what we're going to do is we're going to uh put this to a close get into a break and then we will be talking about not just the Crunchyroll Awards, but anime and manga awards in general, their effects on the general populace, the fans, the streamers, the content creators, and then also the implications and potential rewards it may have for the producers and the creators of said series. So stick around. We'll get back to you in a couple uh, couple of seconds. second half of today's After Dark, After Dark 12, regarding the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, as well as anime and manga awards in general. We spent about the past hour sort of riffing off of, you know, some of the nominations we agreed on, some of the winners that we just, for the life of us, just 
could not comprehend how they were even possibly nominated in the first place. But that's all in the past now. And what we want to talk about more is some of the more sort of dry analytical stuff about the current anime and manga awards scene, as well as, I guess, the potential importance, relevance, and potential repercussions of getting nominated and winning these specific anime and manga awards. As always, it's still me, Will, and Jason here uh, is now headache-free for the most part, right? Better. Better. That's 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 the word I was looking for as well, better. Uh, hopefully, you will be completely cleared of the headache soon. So uh, we have given our two cents on how we really felt about the recent Crunchyroll Awards. Um, it's we, mid as fuck. Yeah, it, 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 it was a weird one because there were some where they were like, yeah, it was great that Cyberpunk Edge Runners won. And it was also a slap in the face to Crunchyroll because they admitted that something that wasn't on Crunchyroll actually was the best anime of the year. Uh, and then there was just some stuff that like we just couldn't wrap our heads around. Um but, you know, enough about As that. As with all award shows, there's going to be those kinds of things. Exactly. Right? This those is, kinds of selections this and choices. This is the only time that there has been ire and controversy in terms of what was going down with the Crunchyroll Award. I mean, previous iterations had their own issues. Uh, we we probably won't go over those because there were six of them and all of them have their own kind of controversies and additions and changes and whatnot. So let's, let's just move past that and maybe shine a light on other anime manga and anime manga awards that happened not just in the US not in just Japan but just on a more global perspective so what i did was i split obviously anime and manga respectively but within those have basically western oriented ones western in origin essentially and obviously japanese in origin if you ask me why i picked those two regions in particular Bro, please don't do this to me. I'm just recovering from a headache. I don't need another one, okay? But one of the things that I was quite surprised by is the lack of anime-centric awards. Now, when I say that, I do not mean shows, award shows that do not have an animation category or something along those lines. I meant something more almost exclusive not almost exclusively about anime and surprisingly there's pretty not, much there, only two there's not that many at all yeah there's one in that takes place in japan also known as the tokyo anime awards and then there is the other one which is the the topic of discussion in the first half the crunchyroll anime awards now I put in kind there's, of like, there's a left field one there the yeah. caveat which is uh the academy awards and oscars which has obviously a best, uh, best animation, animation yeah. uh, animated film category, right? And in the past, probably the most well-known winner that is anime-centric in Japan origins is A Spirited Away. But uh, Your Name didn't win that one year. It got snubbed. I mean, you also had... I to think, Boss Baby, I think, or something? Yeah. No, was it Boss Baby? It, it definitely wasn't. No, Mugen Train. It was Mugen Train that got snubbed, right? Yeah. I mean, they all, both got snubbed. Yeah. But. I mean, and, and then there was also other sort of like other film festivals like Cannes with Bell. Like, you know, there's 
there's going to be other awards and other festivals that would pay homage and credit towards you know animations of Japanese origin. I mean, your boy Yuasa with Inuo, right, has been sweeping a lot of uh, buzz in the uh, like award circuits, right? Yeah, but in terms of like purely exclusive anime award festivals and ceremonies, it would literally be the Tokyo Anime Award and Crunchyroll Anime Awards. And my take on that is actually expected, in my opinion, because in the grand scheme of things, especially when you compare it to manga, anime is a relatively new medium in the popular zeitgeist. Obviously, obviously, animation has existed, especially the Japanese origin, has existed for a long-ass time. And we did also spend the whole episode previously talking about the proliferation of anime in in, in general, right? So it, would it make sense then that there's going to be more than just the Tokyo anime? I mean, there's probably a lot of other like Japanese anime awards that like they take exclusively in Japan, which we can't really translate all of them. Honestly, I did not even... I mean, I'm not surprised there was something yeah. called the Tokyo Anime Awards. I didn't even knew it existed. I'm not, I get. I'm super but, not surprised that neither of us are Japanese. Exactly. Neither of us live in Japan, and neither of us know how to be able to translate. It anime could be anyway. very prestigious, right? But it is just not something that at least Will and I have encountered a lot from a Western slash outside of Japan perspective. And I think it's also just down to the fact that if we're talking about like prevalence of anime uh, in terms of streaming power, it it's hard to go up against. Crunchyroll. I mean, especially for, after the merger, yeah, right? right? There so, was just what can you do? I mean, are we gonna get a high dive awards, right? Yeah, no, no, right? Nah. So uh, until there's something else that breaks into the industry, we're not gonna see anything beyond Dude, the Crunchyroll. If, if Oshinoko wins Anime of the Year, I will fucking <laughs> go crazy. I think that'll be hilarious because a, you know, it's very likely that. If all being equal, it will have a very good chance of winning. But it's just like... At, at give, least getting nominated, Exactly. Right? It would be like admitting to David and you're the Goliath being like, oh, fuck, okay, fine. Okay. Oshinoko was a good anime. You know, that kind of thing. We're going to buy out High Dive. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be fucking hilarious. But so we have already waxed lyrical about Crunchyroll Anime Awards. We don't know jack shit about the Tokyo Anime Awards. Not surprised that it or, exists. Or any like Japan exclusive ones too, right? Right. That's just not knowledge that is easily accessible or easily translatable. But what we do know a lot about and also have mentioned numerous times on the podcast is manga-centric awards. And usually this is always a lot more easier to understand and define because... For better or for worse, the Japanese-centric manga awards are in many ways tied to the publishers. I mean, you get like the Shugokugan Manga Awards. uh, Manga Taisho. Manga Taisho. The Sugoi Awards, like the Konomango ga Sugoi. So that one is quite interesting because it's like a survey, right? It's a very well... It's a popular vote. Right. And we always mention the Sugoi Japanese Awards because... It is very much a very reliable indicator of hype within, like, the anime sphere or manga sphere. And running off of that, again, not so much an awards list, but definitely, like, a sort of popularity survey in terms of what anime you—what manga you want to see get adapted. Exactly, because 
when the when they receive either that award or recognition, then we can pretty much easily surmise like, oh, these are the mangas that are gonna get an anime adaptation or and or English publication, and then get onto everyone's radar when it gets the anime adaptations. Right? It, it certainly helps. I mean, like you look at any year for the Sagoy Awards, and the top ten usually do get adapted. Uh, for each year at some point. I mean, Co- Comey can't communicate. We waited forever, but yes. Uh, Chainsaw Man, we waited forever. Uh, but but we have it now yeah, too, right? Exactly. So so perfect, right? I think uh, the Kodansha, what was, what was that? Was that the full name for the Kodansha Awards? The Tai, you know? The Manga Taisho one? Is that, that's the Kodansha one, right? I think so. I, I can't confirm, but um, you, you, you speak your I mind. I fucking look like an idiot. When if I say that, um, I'm pretty sure there's also like uh, the thing is that I don't know what other at least Japanese centric awards that at least would oh, be. It's it's just called the Kodansha Manga Award. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the Taisho, obviously. I don't think so. No. Okay. Isn't there like a Tekzewa? Oh, shit. Uh, the Manga Taisho is a, a comic, a Japanese comics award. Uh, recognizing achievements in uh, in manga, right? Yep. Uh, so essentially, Taisho, Kodansha, Shogakugan, and Sugoi, especially at least for Will and I, the I would say Taisho and Sugoi usually is like the ones that at least I, especially Sugoi. If if we see them, then within the next two three years, we expect them to be adapted. If you yes. ha- if you rank highly in those awards, yeah. exactly, especially if they win like consecutively, right? So, um, on the Western front, though, this is actually quite interesting because you get a number of awards that, in many ways, has very little to do with manga until you know quite recently, right? It's it's almost more like literature based, right? You have the Eisner Award, the Harvey Awards, uh, it in in some relevance, like the New York Times bestsellers. Right. Just like how uh, the Sugoi uh, survey is considered an award, at least in my opinion. I think the New York Times bestseller is an extremely good barometer of like people buying the actual product and then therefore receiving recognition to be on that bestseller list. I mean, how many times have you heard like this book being a best New York Times bestseller, right? And then becomes, a, a you know, like a Western film. Yeah. And then you also have stuff that's like not necessarily of like national relevance, but definitely online relevance, which is like the My Anime List, you got to read this, uh, you should read this manga. Yeah, which list. is a relatively new only implementation. Up, yeah, only like two months ago, like literally this year. Uh, and then you also have, I guess, like awards that come up from like, Mal discussion boards. R slash anime has their own. Anime corner has their own in terms of like monthly, weekly, daily rankings, as well as annual rankings and stuff as well. Right. Usually with at least R slash anime or a lot of these anime forums, it's more geared towards the fans. The the anime fans. Of course they also have I think Bookwalker must have, right? Yeah. Like they have to have or at least still like release a list of the best selling of the year, right? Like right. which makes sense. It's 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 all numbers in the end. So because there's only one choice for the anime awards in Japan and in the West each, what would kind of be like the main one that you would ask 
people to focus on for the Japanese and for the Western for manga, in your opinion? You're talking about for like Japanese like production and publication studios or like the manga awards of note that are Japanese in origin. Well, that's the thing. I think that historically and even now in this age, uh, Japanese companies, especially when it comes to anime and manga, they usually care a lot more about what's happening domestically as opposed to what's happening internationally. So they'll like, for example, like if we talk about Demon Slayer, they'll care more about like the, the the domestic box office, but also add on to your national one because damn, like everyone else in the world really fucking loves this shit. No, but okay, there's also yeah. but there's also manga like publication companies that would look at, for example, you know how whenever we look at like research for how much anime or how much manga is in circulation, uh, a lot of times we don't know if those numbers are divided between domestic circulation and global circulation. And I think that like Japanese companies would probably care more about what's happening within the country as opposed to what's happening outside of the country. Okay, my bad on um maybe being a bit too vague. I meant like uh, do you care about Taisho? Do you care about Shogakukan? Or do you care about Sugoi if you had to pick between if, one of well, the three? I mean, it, w- it wouldn't really matter all that much for me because in the end, it's just down to if this anime, if, if this manga will get an adaptation. And again, that comes down to how well it performs domestically. For me, it's 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 that age-old question of, do the awards even really matter at the end of the day when you know it's all just down to being a popularity contest? I mean, absolutely, right? I think that is a question for not only anime and manga-centric awards, but literally everything, right? Yeah. Like, for example, like, there's... A, I mean, for sure, there's going to be manga series. Like, like give you an example of fucking... Of Kingdom, right? I don't really know all that many people that read or watch Kingdom, but it's insanely popular in Japan to the point now that there are four seasons of it. The manga is still ongoing. It's got the like a, a, a fuck ton of copies in circulation, but that's because of the fact it has a very strong domestic performance. So whether or not it would have ever been nominated for anything in the Crunchyroll Awards, I don't really think that the publishers would care all that much. As long as it is able to consistently perform in Japan... Yeah, maybe a Taisho Award would be a lot more important than getting a Crunchyroll nomination. Who knows? Um, it, there's a lot of different intricacies that go into like business that happens in Japan versus business that happens in the U.S. and elsewhere, right? It, it's it's never going to be like what works here works there as well. Um, yeah, that 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 would be my take. Like when you ask me, like what I feel would be like awards of importance. That that's a that's a really hard thing to answer because like if we talk about like IRL stuff right like in terms of the Grammys and Emmys and the Oscars and all that yeah there's gonna be stuff that gets nominated and wins but they are more often than not not movies that I care about there's gonna be other movies other TV series other songs that I like more that don't even come close to being nominated and that that just comes to personal choice i mean if we if you go back to the Crunchyroll awards half of them i don't agree with but is 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 my say gonna have any sway whatsoever no because again it comes down to what the judges what the corporation and what the general populace of fans really care about and i might not be part of any of those three right so my opinion on manga and uh 
centric award. I mean, obviously the anime one speaks for themselves, and we've already talked oh, about you, it, right? You know that there actually was a manga award for the Crunchyroll uh, awards before. In the first ever Crunchyroll anime awards, there actually was a best manga. And how did that pan out? Uh, that was the only one that ever had a, an anime a manga award. R.I.P. But uh, I think that one of the problems, as you said, right, with outside of Japan, international versus domestic inside Japan. Oh, sorry, no, that was actually the second awards. Uh, the first award, just 14 nominations, 14 categories. The second Crunchyroll Anime Awards had a best manga, which was won by My Lesbian Experience of Loneliness. A very uh, good manga, by But that the was way. also the only year, the only award that had a best manga category. Right. Shit. Damn. Very lonely uh, winner. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. But, um, so, I unfortunately agree very much with Will that why should we care about the anime, I mean, sorry, the manga awards that are in Japan-centric, right? Because for a lot of us, for example, with the manga Sugoi, right? With the exception maybe of maybe the most hotly anticipated, oh, you got to adapt this. Almost like how many times have we saw like awards lists and like half of them or like three quarters of them are not even in publication in, in outside of Japan, right? More often for like the best shoujo series, right? The best shoujo mangas. Like you might recognize like out of the hundred, like maybe like 10 of them. But those are the ones that you know already adapted. The rest of them like legitimately don't have English translated titles. It's just the phonetic Japanese. Yeah. And on top of all that, in addition to that is just because you win the manga awards or it gets a lot of recognition does not guarantee that it ever will ever, ever, ever get an anime adaptation. And there's so many manga series that Will and I have read that probably will never, ever get an anime adaptation or gets it like six years down the road, you know, even when everything's all set and done and finished. Right. And so it's a different ball game. However, I think manga Sugoi is at least in my opinion, the most useful one for me personally to know, okay, these are the titles, then maybe like two, three years later or whatever, it'll show up. Or at least they're worth reading right now if they have English translations. Exactly, because all of some of them would have English translations already. There, there's some there's some credibility to those, right? We're not saying that like the Crunchyroll Awards don't have credibility. We're just saying that like more often than not, we would agree with the manga Sugoi choices as opposed to what drivel some of the categories were you know nominated for like for the country real awards and with the harvey and eisner from the western side for anime i mean for manga centric where i keep saying anime for manga centric awards it's awesome it really is but i would focus on the new york times bestseller as well as the my anime list you should read this manga only because it perpetuates that kind of momentum and that kind of zeitgeist right Maybe in the future, people will care a lot about uh, what happens domestically in Japan, as well as they care about Harvey and Eisner Awards. Not saying that they're irrelevant, but it's just, it's very easy for you to be like, oh, okay, you survey a bunch of people. These are the mangas in yeah. Japan that are dope. 
oh, they're on the New York Times bestseller, sold a shit ton of copies. Yeah. Okay, you should read this. My my only issue with the New York Times bestseller one is that it just seems that there's a lot of books that claim to be a New York Times bestsellers. I again, it's 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 the prerequisites and the requirements as to what allows for you to be a bestseller, what allows for you to be nominated for stuff. It's the it, it, it's the procedures behind the scenes that they you don't tell I, you how yeah. the sausage is made, right? Yeah. But I have to say though, um, my anime lists. You should read this manga. I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, because as well, like when it was published, it's like, oh wow, a lot of the stuff they put out there, seventy five percent of it. Yeah, we agree with. There's some other stuff where it's like, ah, that's to be expected, or like we wouldn't have picked that. But it it seems to be a little bit more objective. It's it's hard to really say because and there's so much there's so much red tape everywhere. And to my knowledge, they're all either available in english or they're going to be available because they have already announced whether or not they got released yet is a different thing but the fact that you can check out all of this whereas in the japan domestic manga awards it's like well what am i going to do with this name that won you know or, or highly ranked if i can't even read it right so that's 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 my take on that. Yeah, I I mean no doubt as well. It's like you know as much as we shit on some anime and manga awards or like specifically some of the nominations of winners, like we, we applaud that at least there is such a presence for fans like us to actually tune in and see what the general populace is looking at. What you know, supposed judges are like judging for these specific awards because it just helps to perpetuate that the the scene is growing and that we are getting more and more eyes on this particular genre uh, of media I mean, that deserves to get more popularity. That deserves to get more eyes on them. I mean, Crunchyroll has only done this seven times, so oh, only seven. So cut them some slack, and we should cut them some slack. Not necessarily give them no shit when they deserve it. But also, like, hey, they're getting in on the ground floor. It's only going to get more relevant anime as a medium, manga as a medium. So why not, right? And at the same time, just acknowledge that certain things are just going to have to be business decisions. And absolutely, we, we, we can't argue with that. So for critics, uh, for better or for worse, listeners, we are Will and I are technically critics or content creators. It very much is useful anime or manga awards to at least figure out a gate like a barometer in terms of how others people feel in this space whether or not we agree at least we know what a certain subset of people feel about a certain subset of anime and a certain subset of mangas right and let's not forget it also provides one of the most important things to creators like us it distracts provides, it provides content yep it allows for us to sort of dissect what's really going on in terms of what other people feel about anime and manga what's going on in the industry how the industry perceives certain series and it also allows us to you know get fucking angry at certain things and put up a video and you know or or or, or a podcast episode and just talk shit about it because we i I think Will and I very much agree that in the West, at least for the time being, despite you know having more relevance than ever before, it's still anime is king compared to manga and especially compared to light novels. However, we have used mangas, good mangas, to be like, oh, 
hundred percent they're gonna get an anime adaptation. And then, and then and then when it does get adapted, we don't watch it immediately because we already know what happens. And then we feel like an idiot. But everyone else watches the anime and is like, yo, go, bro. And uh we'll be like, I mean yeah. We at least did the job somehow. Exactly. Yeah. But we're also putting it on the radar for you guys to know that oh, maybe you should check out the manga. I mean, that's why we do the ASAP uh anime series adaptation primer, is so that you can sort of give you advanced kind of knowledge and notice be like yo these are the mangas to check out for that are going to have an anime adaptation right so yeah so moving forward though do you feel that like with the way that especially this recent crunchyroll award came out uh with the way that we're possibly seeing an opening for other companies other syndications to start rolling out their own awards lists do do you feel that there's going to be a point where there's a lot more relevance. There's a lot more sort of like acceptance from fans uh, regarding these anime awards because it's always, it's never going to be like everybody agrees with whatever won, whatever get nominated, whatever gets nominated. More often than not, you would get a lot of shit talking, shit posting. You would get people just slandering certain series, like fuel for the fire and ammunition, right? Yeah, gi- giving the haters something to hate. I think when anime and manga bleeds into popular culture to a certain point, you're going to get people that will rely on things like the Crunchyroll Anime Awards or whatever manga award there is to dictate what they read or what they watch. Just like, at least I know personally, that a lot of my friends will focus on the award oscars or emmys or golden globes as a way to be like oh these are the things that are maybe i should check out rather than oh i actually care about the award shows themselves yeah when when things get like more publicly recognized visible or publicly praised the inverse also happens in that you then also then become open to criticism that you open up the floodgates for the haters to come and bombard you and say, no, you actually don't deserve to be the best, blah, 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 blah. Because you're always going to get those yeah. subsets of people. You can't make everyone happy. But you're also going to get a subset of people that either don't have the time to really figure out the minutia or even care in certain ways about, oh, this didn't win or this got nominated or not. But then when they see the award nominations and then the winners is a very clear indication at least by this group of people, be like, these are the things that we're telling you that these are good. And more often than not, even if we feel like the Crunchyroll Anime Awards is kind of mid at the moment, all those shows are very easy to recommend to almost any single person that is even remotely interested in anime. So in general, when it comes to like anime awards, right, especially with like fans who or at least fans who either tune in or just know about what's going on, do you feel that there's more people that are like praising the shit and protecting the stuff that they love, hating stuff that they don't really care about, but for some reason those particular series end up winning over their own personal favorites? Or do you feel that actually, you know what, people are just kind of indifferent, it's an award, move on to the next thing? Because, well, we're weebs, and weebs by default are just like to argue when we have waifu wars and have that be kind of like a very uh you know popularized term and and also like right after the crunchyroll award right 
spring 2023 started so like we have no time to sit back and digest it all we have to end up going on watching more anime anyway so yeah yeah and to be very honest other than maybe like the last two and only mainly due to the podcast do i really give a shit about the crunchyroll anime awards not necessarily saying no, you that- only care about what happens every 12 episodes when we do the jp finale that's the main thing dude that is the real awards right i mean hey they copied us. We did serious-ish and stupid-ish awards, like the fun category and the serious category. Fair, the fun category wasn't even the fun category. The fun category was just, oh, it's voice acting performances of other languages. It was best cost- character design. Have you thought maybe that's their definition of fun, dude? Oh, man. You, you gotta, I mean, you, they took the fun out of Funimation, so really. I, I guess the most, quote-unquote, fun they did was the, quote-unquote, must-protect-at-all-costs award. Honestly, that's like... Which they also ripped off from us. <laughs> Honestly, you, they, they yeah. ripped that from us. We did that two years ago. They, 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 they need, they need to like do the isekai. They need to do something, right? Or, or like maybe something that if you know that the vocal voice, like the collective like, voice you, of you, weeps, you, you gotta stop being so three piece tuxedo with a bow tie like uniform. You gotta like let loose and like weep out. Unless if you're um uh. Connor and have the JoJo suit. Uh, to be fair, though, his suits are nice. Then the they're JoJo, also, they're also way too expensive. Like what, five grand minimum? Yeah, the Versace one, right? They're, they're so expensive. But the, my 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 point is that this I understand trying to make it very formal and very official, and you know, kind of have this kind do, of. Do you think it's just a continual room? Do you think it's just a continual effort to sort of like, quote unquote like legitimize anime and manga, but then like. The general diaspora, the, the general sort of view of of, of media. I, I think so because outside of people that are into anime and manga, at least currently, no one. If you were to do cosplaying instead of people wearing tuxedos and suits and very formal like ballroom, you know, gala and like dinner and presentation, like in ways like you know, at it's least, like Comic Con. Yeah, then at that point, at right? least then, like you know, like if because at least then it's like people who, who care about Emmys and Golden Globes and Oscars and whatnot. Some of those people would also be like, "Oh, what happened with Comic Con and all that stuff?" Do you think that with the way that they're trying to sort of, I guess, globalize the country, country, uh, the country club, the, the crunchy roll. I mean, it is very much like a country club. Yeah, man, yeah. Like, like, wearing, like cigars and like, hey, my butler is about to arrive. You I, know? I do say that uh, we can't communicate. Are we playing definitely... backgammon now and bridge? Maybe some Butchie ball later. Uh, oh, I'm so sad to hear that Butchie the Rock was not nominated for this year's Crunchy Roll Anime Awards. Oh, but maybe back. Best of luck for next year. It was Bochi the Rock, not Bachi. Oh, I, I do apologize. Or are you are you mixing up Baki? I suppose I'm not uh, so eloquent as to get the name correct, but I do hope that uh, Bochi does better for next year. No, we're we're, we're taking off the tux. We're not we're not going to be presenting any awards like that. <clears throat> but like, do you think it's it, it's like with that sort of like globalization of this particular award? Do you think that maybe they're trying to sort of get it to that level so that when people talk about Oscars and Emmys and in some ways Comic-Con, that the Crunchyroll stuff can also bleed into those conversations? I would like to imagine a world where anime and manga is synonymous with, let's say, physical written novels and 
like films, right? In terms of like quote unquote prestige, in terms of legitimacy, quote unquote, right? Yeah, I and mean, we don't have to wait for like the Oscars or the Grammys and all that to like recognize it. Like usually, because it's, it's just like one nomination out of like five or six, and then luckily it'll win in 2001 or 2019 and whatnot. But rather, like we want it to be more of like a a continual kind of presence recognition but on the other fucking hand like do we want do we want to keep this community to ourselves like comic-con is is like a celebration of comics marvel dc image uh you know all those uh i was about to say vertigo but vertigo doesn't exist anymore but the point is that on, on that note then do you feel that like the hardcore like dc marvel fans would care about what happens to like the stuff that comes up from the dc comic movies or the mcu movies and stuff like do you think that there is that direct correlation just because they're fans of the original marvel properties or do you feel that those two worlds are kind of separate because i know a lot of people who watch mcu and dc movies that haven't read a single Batman, Spider-Man, fucking, like, Fantastic Four. How, how many people do we know that only watch anime and not read manga or yeah. light novel yeah. or any of the above, right? Yeah. Or don't give a shit if it's like, oh, I heard of Jump just like I've heard of DC. What's, a, what's, of, a, what's a visual novel? The fuck? Yeah. I mean, isn't novel you use your eyes so it's visual? Like, literally, like, I am not... I would not be surprised, and I will not like shit on people for literally having that misconception, not not knowing at all. Right? Exactly, because because it is like legitimately... like what the fuck is a light novel? Honestly, yeah. how to explain yeah. that to someone? <laughs> yeah. I know why it's called light novel, but, but why like, does your title have like fifty words and like each one runs for like thirty volumes? Yes, you know, like why is there a manga adaptation if there is a novel of it already isn't it just like graphic novel and paperback i mean it's very legitimate especially when you come from you know the background of comic books right so all i can say is if it does come to a point where anime and manga is so massive of an industry that it is like oh if you don't know what e3 is for video games then you're a fucking idiot in terms of then then you're not like a nerd in that sense right or maybe like street cred i don't even know but i think early days of anime and manga even though it is so massive now there will come a day when we'll be like did you know that crunchyroll actually was a streaming service at one point wait you mean they don't run fitness clubs yeah, I mean, dude, the fact that Crunchyroll, cr- uh, Crunchy- <laughs> Papa, <laughs> tell uh, me the history uh, of Crunchyroll. Otosang, uh, Otosang, uh, uh, why, 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 why? Daddy, Daddy, I was in your city this morning and I saw you had a business card for uh, a funi funimation. What was that? <laughs> Wait, JoJo, you were there when JoJo had started part one. Is on now forty seven. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to that point. I think maybe the I welcome just, that. Maybe honestly. that also just highlights the fact that, like as you mentioned, there's only really been seven Crunchyroll Awards in terms of like streaming services for anime. And I mean, also how long now has manga. the Academy Awards existed? Yeah. Like way longer than seven years, more like seven decades, if anything. Like kind of like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. So if it takes them that long to even get to this point for the Academy Awards and we still shit on them. Think about where Crunchyroll is at, 
right now in its infancy. They're like a fetus at this point. Yeah. My only fear is just the fact that because of the fact that Crunchyroll does have a stranglehold on like Western uh, localizations as well as syndications for anime and manga. That's a very good point, actually. So I guess the last thing that we could talk about before we uh, go into show notes and housekeeping is the impact on the industry. And to be very honest, I do not have the know-how expertise or the stats to back up anything that I'm about to say other than I don't think anyone gives a shit. Other than a certain subset that give a shit or wants people to give a shit. I mean, look, for example, like um, the director that did Nomadland, I think was it? Uh, and then she ended up getting uh, the the green light to direct that new uh, Marvel movie, uh, whatever it was called, the one that did the terribly the eternals the eternals yeah like it's like yes wonderful you got like a you know a, a winner of awards for directing and whatnot and then you start directing something else and you're like oh actually this was you know a crock of crap yeah and then you have uh mark summers who i think is it mark summers mark webb who did uh shit i forgot his name the guy who directed uh 500 days of summer uh, that yeah. ends up directing the amazing spider-man which actually was okay. Was pretty good. Decent. Yeah. Pretty decent. Right? Was good. Yeah. Uh, with Andrew Garfield as the Spider-Man, right? So it's like, it's like two separate. Obviously, one male, one female, and but they're both from indie scenes that all of a sudden got a huge property, Marvel property at that, and one is more successful and one is panned to shit. And it's not any fault of her own. It's just how the general populace perceives it and in many ways also then kind of affects how critics would see it too so we're not saying that award shows particularly in this instance the Crunchyroll anime award show like has no relevance or importance on the industry we just don't have the metrics to back it up yeah also Netflix will never publicize their stats unless if it's to boast Crunchyroll or to cry about how they lost so many subscribers and they're changing our yeah. subscription plans and who knows the impact of winning awards and then also having an uptick in Crunchyroll consumption of those award of those shows I'm sure maybe there are some sure in, in this instance it's like oh wow Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan won this many awards. Oh, Wait, where, sh- where, where is I'm it sure, streaming? I'm sure they're going to be super, super popular now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no fucking shit. You exactly. Know? Where is the it, quote unquote indies of, of anime and like manga? Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yeah, I guess, right? Uh, so it's hard. Even though, yes, it was backed by Netflix and whatnot, but it's like, uh, that. Uh, in this particular instance, it's pretty indie compared to the mainstays of. Kaguya-sama, Spike's Family, Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, and all that. I mean, our definitions of quote-unquote anime is now at least more ambiguous than it was previously, like in previous years, right? With Webtoons and the more Western-oriented shows that are very much like inspired. Dongman as well. Exactly. China's coming out too. Exactly. We're, we're ignoring that whole subset, but hello, there are like a billion people, right? That... Uh, obviously, not all of them watch anime, but I'm not surprised if they all do, because it's huge. I mean, the fact that they you you don't, you will never see a Crunchyroll Awards in China simply because China already has way too many of its own awards and its own publications and whatnot, and also their own services for Japanese and Korean anime and manga. So like, and good luck trying to get everyone to agree on the same page or even coordinate, right? 
it's going to be a massive endeavor. Like, look at it this way, real like with the Crunchyroll Awards this year, they uh, every year they say, "Oh, we've doubled the amount of judges we have, they increased the amount of judges we had. We're opening it up beyond American judges and also including international judges." This year alone, I think they had like forty to fifty judges. Is that really enough to sort of judge the whole anime industry that happened of the past year? You know what I mean? And yes, you're opening it up to fans too, but you know what happens when you open up public voting? It's usually just like. Oh, let's just vote the shit out of what we think is going to win, and then we'll make it the winner. I mean, my anime list uh, like falls victim to that all the fucking time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, it's just the way it is when you make certain things public, and obviously, uh, when you don't make it public, everyone complains, just like we are, being like, "Well, what is this defined as? And what is why is this fantasy? And what is that drama? And why? Why, why did you why, pick why, that why, judge why, why, why? to be a judge on this panel? And whatnot? And who are we to say? But, you know, look, we're, we have the GAP Finale Awards, and uh, so far everyone seems to be liking that. And right? we're, um, we were completely objective with those two. Right? Absolutely. No, no bias whatsoever. Well, hold on. Let me ask um, the, the other uh, judge on this panel. Hey, Will, you, you, you think it's legit, right, the GAP Finale Awards? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me ask myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's legit too. Okay, 100%. Wow, unanimous decision. Shit. Yeah, well, there you go. That just shows the legitimacy of the GAP Finale Awards. And just like that, we are at the end of After Dark number 12. You can always reach us through our email, gapallette at gmail.com. That is G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. Using the handle at palletgood, that is also another way to reach us. Or through our GAP Discord invite link is in the show description. You can always check out our website at www.goodanimepalette.com. All lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this After Dark is 3XQ by Baron Grand. Our break music is Botai by Oi. And our outro music is I Don't Mind the Instrumental Version by Particle House. You can always support the music artists that we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or other various music listening platforms. And, of course, our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. If you're interested, you can always sign up using the referral link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Look, Will, any closing thoughts about anime and manga awards or the Crunchyroll Anime Awards in particular? I I just think it would be just to see more more of them that's basically it just get, just get more awards out and then maybe when we get more people putting eyes on these awards whether it is all of them one of them specifically at least it's like again i i hate to keep talking about like the, the proliferation of anime and manga but that's really the point that we've come to now with anime and manga we've gone to a point now where a large population of the world knows watches and or likes anime and manga so we should definitely have more of a platform where we can celebrate and recognize that you know we've got great works in this medium my closing thoughts is as follows is regardless of the direction trajectory of anime manga light novels or anything of that sort i think we can all agree that the must protect at all costs should be all of the above in terms of anime and manga like novels that we can bicker and be mean to each other all we want.
But when someone, when the enemy of my enemy is my friend, we should fuck everyone else up. Anime, manga, light novel, visual novel, all are king. And they can't mess up our family. Only us can at, mess up our own. At the end of the day, the real winner is anime and manga. And, 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 and the GAP, the Good Anime Palette Podcast. Yep. I think we'll sign off with that. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.